Is it true, Sid? Is what true? We've hung out together a long time. Don't crap around. Is it true? Is it true she's a hooker? You were going to let me marry her? Why didn't you tell me? It wasn't my place to do so. It was for Gloria to tell you. People change. She'll change. She needs someone. Just don't make me sick today, Alton. Just don't act like a fraternity boy meeting his own girl under the lamppost. How would you act? When you go into the mine, Sid, you get coal in your skin. If you're a fisherman, you will reek a fish. She doesn't know how to love anymore. It's all performance. It has to be. If you could understand it, th there is a great compliment to you in how I treated this alt. The compliment I thought you would be a man enough to absorb and help Gloria like you wanted to help the rest of the world once. Talk to me man to man today, Sidney. Would you marry her? Alton, for Christ's sake, you were a revolutionary. Doesn't that stand for anything anymore? It's one thing to take bread to the Bowery and another to eat it with them. Would you marry her? If I loved her. I don't know how to say it to you except that if I loved her. Don't you know some of these things these girls have to do? All right, I know. You are a fire with all the images. Every faceless man in the universe has become some... Someone who has coupled with my love, used her like an inanimate object, a thing, an instrument, a commodity. In an effort to assuage something of his own pathetic needs, Alton. A commodity! Don't you understand, Sydney? Man, like, I'm spawned from commodities and their purchasers. Don't you know this? I am running from being a commodity. How do you think I got the color I am, Sydney? Haven't you ever thought about it? I got this color from my grandmother being used as a commodity, man. The buying and the selling in this country began with me. God, Jesus, help me. All right. The theater, the theater. Sing it out, Louis! Theater, theater. To be or not to be. Theater, theater. <laughs> well, every episode starts with Scott making a silly noise and then CJ <laughs> questioning the silly noise. Stuck in a cycle, an endless cycle. Endless. Oh, Jesus. It is, wow. it is late. Back to one. Back to one. Back to one. Let's start over. Double Actually, it. Double it. Loop it. Quadruple it. Just loop it for 10 minutes. Should we put our thing down, flip it, and reverse it? Yes, please. <laughs> Back to three. Back to three. What? Jesus. What, um, Scott? What was that? Back to three. What? Back to three. We're in rare form, but I'm okay with it, you know, because <laughs> this is a silly little podcast. I, I, I think I'm just going to get into it because I, we have nothing to say. It's late. We're recording Yo, Grease, very what's late up? Tonight. It's, it, 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 hey, Grease, <laughs> what up?
Um, welcome, Greece, to Theater Theater. We should mention, I don't think we've said it on the podcast, so it's a little silly that we keep referencing Greece, but apparently we're the fifth most listened, not the first, but the fifth most listened to performing arts podcast in Greece. Suck it. <laughs> I expect you all to follow me on the gram, okay? <laughs> Trying to build my international fan base. Yeah. Listen. Suck your tap dancing pod. Yeah. I think it's that one guy I had horrible sex with on Santorini. Jesus. Welcome to Theater Theater. The theater podcast for theater people made by three theater nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. And each week we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights. And this week we have our second and final episode of our miniseries covering the works of Lorraine Hansberry, a podcast in the sun. And it once don't you a- mean a raisin in the pod? Nice. I'm gonna slap no, you silly. Oh, I don't. Sorry. I don't think anyone means a raisin no, in the pod. I'm gonna punch you in the nose. <laughs> it's fair. Next time I see you, I um, burned it. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, this week we're joined by the extraordinarily talented Los Angeles-based performer, activist, and diversity consultant. Winner of both Ovation and NAACP Theater Awards. <laughs> Once again, the phenomenal Catherine Washington. We love her dearly. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, y'all. Hello, hello. Yeah, wow. and we will do an artist spotlight with you because I just, yeah. I want to make sure that we get all of your, there's just so much. There's so much to talk about. Watch it. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that soon. <laughs> cool. We'll, you, we'll you work it into our, our house insanely busy schedules. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah, everybody vaccinated? What's everybody's I'm vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. Me oh, too. I'm, I'm just I'm... waiting for like six days for it to be like the two weeks after my second fax. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. like a I'm like ten days away from my second. Ew, fax. gross. Wow, wow, Can't podcast wow. with you anymore. Oh, are you, are you vax shaming me? Just vax shaming me. I was like, there's you, a whole. You a first dancer, bro? Hey, bro, you first dancer? Come on. Like, are you Take green the tier? shaming all the way to Orange County. Those people need No, MR, I know okay? you're right. I'm just being a bitch. B E T C H. A bitch. <laughs> Well, you are you're a chain smoking whore. It's, it's a regular. True. It's, 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 it's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit. It's fine. No, she loves it. I'm Catherine's face. Catherine's face is just like what exemplifies what all of our new listeners probably faces whenever we say that for the first time. It's it's a running bit though. It's a running bit that CJ started from like the a long time ago. I don't even remember Did what. Did I start? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, yeah. I don't remember. Play the tapes. In the first... <laughs> well, your receipt. Well, your receipt at the same time. Let me see the receipts because, no, it's at least well, one of the first like four or five miniseries. Though. So, well, somebody was messaging me today about the Star Wars and stuff and yeah. was like, saying like you guys are all fucking crazy and you don't know what you're talking about and it's like we recorded that months ago i don't remember anything <laughs> <laughs> wait did, did y'all do a star wars thing yes we I ranked did. them all we ranked all the movies yeah. and on re-listen i agree with everything i said so <laughs> anyone who thinks we're crazy can yeah no i thought we were all pretty clear and and all of our choices made sense and were justified by you know yeah 
I'm going are to you, listen because I'm a Star Wars fan. Okay, so um, I mean, ish, yes, I enjoy Same. them. I saw them all grow, growing up. You know, the the ones that are like the real ones, not the bad ones. Uh, <gasps> ones? I don't know. Oh yeah, take, I feel strongly take. about that. Hot take. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh please, no nerd rage. Nerd, don't, don't nerd gate me, bro. Well, there's um, stuff on there that people will be upset about. <laughs> I for the holidays, I committed i was like i'm watching every fucking star wars movie nice. i watched them in chronological i mean and like I, I watched like one through and then um i feel like now i'm scared to say anything i'm scared to say words because i feel like i'm just gonna miss stop no no no, no 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 i mean it besides was, i enjoyed like i enjoyed going through and trying to track in my brain i was just like right so this one's title is i so i couldn't do it now but i could do it for like a week Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I made sense of it all in my brain, you know? Well, I'll say this. We basically, our takes end up being, um, and CJ, you should go back and listen to it. You know, it's, it's, it's quite a good episode, but we. No, I did. Our, oh, okay. Our, our takes end up being everyone has their Star Wars, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, like you have your ones that you really were attached to based maybe on generation or how you were shown them or whatever it may be. Or some people just really love certain ones. And I thought we were all gonna be like really fighting and debating it all. And besides a few that I ranked like pretty opposite from Scott or like CJ and I ranked pretty opposite from Scott. Besides that, like we pretty much had like the same lists by the mm -hmm. end. We were all like, oh. Also, <laughs> so like, people, are, people are allowed to like what they like. That's not true, CJ. That's not true, CJ. I also feel like whenever it comes to Star Wars, you know, like getting like angry about like the ones that people like feels kind of counterproductive. I'm yeah. like, I just really enjoy the universe. I got like super, super, and uh, I've been on like the biggest sci-fi kick for the entirety of quarantine because it's yeah. the only way that I could escape like this shitty life that's good living i'm like let me put on an octavia e butler book and like yes. just like transport myself like out of this place and so i just finished parable of the sour oh my it god it is so good Ooh, you should it's on my list yeah it's so good and i would highly right. recommend the lilith's brood series which is like dawn adulthood rights and imago um word, just okay. really I've, I've read everything by octavia at least three yeah, times now she's um, insane I love so her. yeah and i'm also <laughs> watching star trek right now Yay! Um, yeah, I'm binging Which one, out. Like the original, or like I'm doing next gen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which well, is great. It's great. It's so like it's the best. I'm not a super Trekkie, but those the storytelling is awesome, and it's yeah. so hopeful. Like that's the thing about Star Trek is like he's aiming for a a beautiful society. You know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's good stuff. I'm yeah. I'm doing the mid 2000s and on of Doctor Who. I'm stuck at the end of it right now. But yeah, I'm not other than Star Wars. I haven't always been a big sci-fi person. So it's a new area for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was it wasn't presented like it was for me growing up. Right. So, no, you know, I'm just like, oh, true. yeah. And it very much is. And also Octavia Butler was there crushing the game forever. Yeah. So, yeah, it feels yeah. not all of that to say, like, yeah, everyone should like what they like. And if it's sci fi, I'm just like, the point is that we're imagining something different than this reality. So, why get angry about that? Yeah, like, who cares? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. is great. Sounds yeah. nice. <laughs> um, fine. Great. As Whatever. long as it's not white supremacy, you know. That's Which is segment. the answer. <laughs> <laughs> great segue into the fact that today we're going to finish covering uh the sign in sydney brewstein's window now 
I had said something on the last episode that I'd like to talk about with y'all because I did see a, a production of this, but this was said to be sort of her answer to the theater of the absurd movement. What do you guys think about that? And do you agree with that? Huh? I found, I mean, I didn't find it stylistically. I mean, I think it's pretty grounded. Is I mean, is she doing commentary on it? I mean, she... Well, the David character sort of lives in a absurd out exterior version of what every like the timeline everyone else is going through. Right, right, right. And so there's that side, and then there's that sort of acid trip in the third act, uh-huh. the dream uh-huh. stuff, and right. Which yeah. when I saw it was like, I mean. I uh, mm. was my big problem with the show when I saw it actually was that sequence w- went on so long the mountain stuff and we were already three hours in right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we were just like oh my god like it was just they drew out that whole dream sequence and it just became this like massive psycho psychotropic acid trip mm. and at the end of the play we just looked at each other and went fuck that was awesome until i was 20 minutes into uh the third act and was like what the fuck is going on Hmm. and on reread it doesn't read like that it doesn't read as this really long no No. it feels like it it was a a choice yeah Um, yeah that sounds surprising it was it was annoying and i think it was the directorial choice yeah Mm. I will say my favorite surreal thing that they it's and it's act two when uh, it's after Wally has won election and everything is everything is falling apart inside the apartment. Yeah. But anytime someone enters or exits, the door opens and you hear the cheers from the crowd. Right. Mm. Like I loved I loved it going back to that. That was one of my favorite little additions she put in the second act. My biggest note on it. And we talked about this with Night of the Iguana, Tennessee Williams. It took me forever to read this yeah. um and it was the it was the only time i was critical of her stage directions and not the language or i don't even know what i would cut out of it i felt like there was a thing that you, the idea that the and i don't think it came about until later like it was an 80s thing the idea of playwrights not imposing on actors or directors or designers and all that and i felt at times that she was imposing like there's a lot of like sequences where like every line has a parenthetical direction a parenthetical tone thing which i don't know if it ultimately served her because what it ended up doing for me was messed up the rhythm like i couldn't get into what's the pace here like that i didn't feel with uh leblanc when we get to leblanc like i was able to tear through that but this one i like and maybe it was also because i'm a slow reader especially when i'm digesting stage directions especially when it's well written same thing with night of the iguana and tennessee williams like but i kept going over it and i thought it did a disservice to readers theater artists who were reading and processing it because i couldn't get a sense of What's the pace of this? Did anybody else feel that way? You know, I, I didn't. And that's why I find it so interesting that you didn't feel that way with LeBlanc. Um, or I, I'm assuming, I mean, I guess she, she wasn't doing it as much in, in Raisin. Um, she does it quite or, a bit in Raisin, but it didn't bother me as much. I don't know yeah. Why. And that's why I'm wondering if, it, if, if that's more about like this show specific, because I, I wasn't bothered by it in terms of 
being able to read it for pacing. I'm also a slow reader. And so it, it felt like for, uh, for, for a sign um, that it was helping me just get a clearer picture of these characters that she was writing, but also I'm reading it again as very much feeling like this is not my world. It's a world that I, that I know the mm. world that I've been in, but it's never been my world. And so mm. it, it felt like maybe I was reading these characters through her eyes unless that it was interrupting me. But I, you know, I'm, I, I could see how that could throw off the pacing. As I was reading, I, I got to the end of act two and I knew act three was coming, but I got to the end of act two and I was like, she could end the play right there. And then I read through act three and I was like, no, 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 this is a great ending. I just wanted there to be like maybe 20 minutes less of the play. I don't mm. know where that is. Mm. I think it's in some of like they their conversations. There's there's stuff that is so specifically of that time, of that of that era, of that where they are in Greenwich Village. It's very like artsy New Yorky style stuff. I mean, maybe it's that because I did like the ending ultimately, but I, yeah, I remember getting to the end of act two and was like, Oh, that could have ended right there. Bailey, you had said that it felt pretty long when you I mean, saw the just, production. Well, right. And I, you know, I think they did add in like a whole, honestly, like it felt like 15 to 20 minutes of extra shit um, mm. into that third act. And the second act is mostly the monologues. Mm hmm. Um, right. And that clipped for us because I love monologue shows. You know, I love anything mm. like that. Uh, Faith Healer kind of, you know, that stuff. And I. Um, I, but then the the third act happened and we walked out and it was midnight and we were like <sighs> so fucking tired. And mm. I was like, man, that was longer than I needed it to be. But goddamn, I'm glad we saw it. Like, I really loved right. the show. Yeah. I really did. Like a lot of aspects of it were really uh, incredible. Um, but I just, and I was, it was the first time I had ever even heard of it. Somebody handed me a ticket to it. We were there and, and we were just like, okay. And I, I had never, honestly, if you want the truth, I never even knew that she had written other plays. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think I said this on the last episode, but it then made me go look up her other play. And I think that's what everyone should do. I think everyone needs to have the courage to step past Raisin in the Sun because mm -hmm. Sign has a lot of great stuff in it, especially when it's performed. I think rereading it, I didn't get uh, as much out of it. I, I, it's definitely a performance play. Uh, but LeBlanc is something I think everyone has to fucking... Yes. Maybe oh, not everyone has agreed. to read, but everyone has to touch at some point, see whatever it may be. We'll talk oh, about that. I think that. they should all all read it. I you yeah. know I I would I would be curious um I hope that I get the opportunity to see sign. I felt part of me felt like reading it that I preferred being able to read it. Mm. Maybe it's just because I've seen so many just bad bad interpretations of shit in yeah. community <laughs> theater production. I'm just like would like this uh, a production of this be as good as like what I can read off the page yeah. and because interpretation and like annoying directors and just like annoying actors like mm, I just I don't know I just <laughs> yeah. it's 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 like my feeling about like I don't ever want to go watch a production of hair because like it's yeah, like, I like people I who agree. just like I get these times and I am these people I'm just like I just let me just read it and listen to exactly yeah. I've, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. ripped apart hair I think on this on this podcast about 500 times where I'm just yeah. like, 
I'm like, I get it. Like it's of its time. It's generational. It's, it, it is what it is, but why should, why would anyone ever produce it ever again? Mm -hmm. For um, me to sing Aquarius. That, well, here we go. To me, I'm like, let's just do concerts of it. Let's just concert that shit all the time. You know, well, and, and, <laughs> you bring up an, both of you bring up an interesting point because this, I felt like is locked in its time and place uh -huh. in a way that Raisin isn't, but Raisin's almost more, specific in its time and place but it, it reaches beyond it in so many ways thematically and all that um i did one real quick because it wasn't until i was done it was like one of the post things i was reading uh, that's that, that put forth the suggestion that this might be her most feminist play in the way that like iris and mavis and gloria are treated and like they don't get the opportunities at the very beginning, that first scene is really hard to read, especially nowadays. She is like triangulated between these asshole dudes that are kind of just talking over her, talking at her. Sydney gets to do whatever he wants. They don't have any money, but he gets to go buy a newspaper and buy a nightclub, but she can't go take an acting class. That's too much money. And like everything's put on her. I'd love to hear Catherine and CJ's perspective on that i'm gonna let cj go first because i got some <laughs> uh, yeah i hear that i guess but i think the whole time i was just like this relationship is brutal Toxic. they're both awful to each other yeah. i mean just like there's it's just the mutual support it's just like oh oh you're gonna tear me down well good i've got something better for you and it's like but then it's in the stage directions that they clearly love each other i just yeah, yeah. It was a it was a fucking hell of a painful relationship to read. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I to speak to like I mean I definitely felt pained um one by the toxicity of the relationship and mm -hmm. how he just would not relent even like whenever she was caught in between the friends but for me to feel like it was feminist at all that would require me to as as a black woman, black person, you know, I'm like trying to figure out this gender <laughs> shit. It's a, a question mark for me right now. Right. Just gonna, gonna say that on air. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. We got your back. We got you. We got you. <laughs> it would require me to step over the fact that like Iris was pretty passive on lots of the racial issues and mavis was just straight up racist as fuck and so like my intersections of black and don't really allow for me to view this as any sort of like feminist representation yeah. right. for okay. me sure, you know sure, sure. Um, i think something that made it seem a little bit feminist to me was the the visibility of a sex worker mm -hmm. mm. yes but the way it's she's treated it does there's not even really a, a moment for us to hold her in a besides the fact that she commits suicide we don't we don't ever hold her on a pedestal and i i wish there was a moment of of that sort of like wait but she's it gives her humanity obviously uh, yeah 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 characters but that one feels a little bit like and her flaws that she's a prostitute it's like that's not oh that's not i true I get, I mean, I think I read her more as like, I mean, everyone in the show, in the play looked down on her for what she did, but right. I think she is given a moment to say, this is why I do it. Yeah. And, and even that moment is very much like, 
hey, so what we view as like sex work and like what that yeah. is, is like a cheap, it's like, give us a white, rosy cheeked American like woman and mm. you can be excited. It's like sure. all of it. All I knew is that like this play the whole time. I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, I'm here through Lorraine and I'm not here and I'm glad I'm not here in this room because I think that she did a very good job of nobody in my eyes comes across as a very likable person and that's what makes it and it's very much of the times very yeah much of the and times. that's very on purpose her her whole thing is the intrinsic like these are flawed people and it's she very purposefully only puts one black person in this show so that it does so that she's not going here's a bunch of flawed people of color because mm -hmm. we don't need that on stage right now, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Or anytime, you know, necessarily. And so it, it, she was like, well, okay, I can use these other people, these other analogs and, and, and find a universality there. But I agree, absolutely. I don't think you can fully find feminism here. I don't think you can fully, because she's not even really doing, we, we talk about this with every playwright, right? Where they have their, specifically actually our female playwrights tend to do these really incredible character studies of flawed people we talked about it with williams too all three of his thing blanche dubois who, who you know she's just so flawed but we want to love her but do we love her not really oh wait she's a pedophile oh shit okay you know like just crazy right but we find humanity there and uh vogel does this really well kane does this really well where we take you know those are different ends of the spectrum obviously but for sure also pre-feminism as we know it like feminism existed but it was at this point like what are we looking at 62 like it's still very much yeah. entrenched in sort of an academic, very white world. White. That's why I was asking the question. Based. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Feminism. Yeah. yeah. It, because it was something I thought about. The other thing I I think that I I wanted to know Gloria earlier. I wanted to spend a little bit more time. In other words whatever that relation we never see her and alton together ever mm -mm, mm -mm. ever it's it's a reaction to she's a call girl and and i would have loved to have seen that played out a little differently i would have loved to have seen the three sisters in the same room together to be honest right mm -hmm. we never see them all together you're that's right and, god i'm yeah. so glad i never had sisters same <laughs> though it's, it's it looks rough they seem awful. They seem fucking awful. <laughs> you know, I'm just like sisterhood, absolutely. But yes. like in my own house, I'm like <laughs> blood sisters. Oh, it, nah. Yeah, it seems right. I mean, I, I think that like part of the design too of never having them in the same room is like I loved the um, discrepancy in the stories of their father. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's a suggestion. Is there a suggestion there? I think that everything about Iris has to do with something there with her dad. Word. I yeah. thought that that was a suggestion there, but I don't. Mm. I don't know. Because mm. she hates him so much. Mm -hmm. Hates him and... such a. Yeah. And Mavis doesn't, which is like, mm. and, but mm. then Gloria comes right on in and is like, our creepy father. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it was, listen, I, I, I don't want to bash on it too much because as I take a step back from it, it's a fascinating, 
it is a really interesting, compelling play in so many ways. It's a period play. <laughs> we can well we keep saying like it's of its time i mean it is, like, i mean would, it is you of would its, have yeah. to set it in 1964 greenwich village yeah you couldn't like, set yeah. it like like it's, it's it's in a forest in outer space no it's not gonna play it's just not gonna play i also Cubes. would like to be like very clear too that like the experience of like these people i feel like as much of it's a, as much as it is a period piece I also said I lived in Echo Park for a while. I'm like, I've <laughs> been in like this is this is the I've been in this room with yeah. these still being like views and I mean I'm just like how do I have like a white hipster girl walk up to me and be like, I know like racism is like really important, but don't you just think feminism is much more important? And I was like, I don't What are we? <laughs> Who are you and what it's like that's it's a period piece, but it's not. I think it's a period piece of that time but like with the specific grouping of people mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm. you know as much as they evolve i don't know it's like what's why i say it's a hipster fuck play and i also want to be clear too that as much as i'm like oh i didn't see myself in it i wept like a baby at the end of it like yeah. i ugly cried right. like i think it's so good i don't think that i have to see myself reflected i don't believe in first of all like policing like other black people like in general and like she wrote sure. this story like just because i'm not in it and similarly to like what shonda's done with bridgerton i'm like go and like be successful and write whatever stories and tell whatever stories you want to i will always be slightly disappointed that you were the one that like right mm-hmm. was checking for me and like no i'm not here but i'm like it doesn't mean that i can't get into it it just means that i'm taking an outsider perspective and i think that that again was partially by design Mm. Right. And mm. to compare it to Raisin, if Raisin is a mirror for all of us, right, everyone in, in, who's ever been in a family or had money issues or whatever, if it's a universal story, this one actually ends up being more of a mirror for white hipster mm-hmm. liberal people. Apathy. Yeah. and Yes. Which yeah, as if you think about the time she's writing this and think about just art in general and the evolution of art she's what she's doing that's ahead of her time like that's crazy cool shit let's also give her credit for kind of being ballsy she's taking she's she's putting her audience the audience of this play in 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 her target like in in her sights you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's 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 like she's calling she's calling out her audience in a way yeah it's really interesting and and subtle and and also at times beautiful and profound. There's a line um, uh, that David has where he's after um, Sydney asks if he can put her in the play and the, the quote about um, little corruptions. Uh, that's the magic of the, of the tiny corruptions, isn't it, Sydney? Their insignificance makes them so appealing. He's like, what is that line of like, or that, that concept of you're going to like make fun of people, like make fun of everyone equally. Like it's, it's that, but in a different way, which is like, no one gets off. It's like, you've got the, the homophobia over here and the racism over here and like it's it's just, it's it's everyone is pretty laid out even right down to the end when david comes down and it's like <laughs> you're you're at like this was like the last act before like gloria like killed herself because like you still you you have such like great respect for sex mm-hmm. workers and then you still reduce her to you know it's like mm-hmm. every single person everyone is has is flawed here and therefore human as fuck and it's so be like 
it's yeah. beautifully balanced in that way. Yep. Yeah. That's definitely her purpose here, I think. Well, and, and the fact that she was probably dropped into this world after marrying, what's, I'm sorry, what's his husband, the husband's uh, name? Robert. Robert. Robert, yeah. You know, I mean, you get the sense that she was she was in the middle of this and going from, you know. Torn was, was one of these dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, all the good, good intentions, you know, <laughs> the path to hell. Is there anything oh, he was else? definitely one of those dudes. Yeah, he definitely was. Is there anything else we want to say about Sign? Because um, I'm really pumped to talk about this third one. Man, if anybody's doing a production about it, uh, of it, I would love to see this staged. It's yeah. it's really interesting. And, and um, it, she's just such an amazing brain working and processing. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Despite the um, criticisms. True. I just think all of her stuff needs to be uh, perform performed more. Even Raisin in the Sun. Let's do it twice a day everywhere on the planet. Um, uh, here, here. Make no, the world I, a better place. Absolutely. Let's talk about her unfinished, technically, uh, final play. This was Sign in Sydney was her final staged and produced play while she was living, but she did finish. Uh, she did get close to finishing this play. It's called Le Blanc, I think is the correct pronunciation. I do not speak yeah. the French. No, quite. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there's a lot to talk about here. I said pumped to talk about it, and I don't mean that as much like as positively as I made it sound because there's a, it's a weighty play, um, and there's a lot to get into here. So before we get too deep, CJ, can you um do me a little favor and um. <laughs> Break it down. Break it down. CJ's Breakdown. The experience of settlers, natives, and an American journalist in a fictional African country in the waning days of colonial control. Yeah. Waning. 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 Saming. I had read that she had actually had hoped that this would be on stage before yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Um and she just she just kept tweaking it. Like they like um Robert writes in the foreword that she she would take the, the notes with her to the hospital and all of her hospital stays and hospital visits, she just kept working it and kept working it. And it's it's amazing in its density and how much is going on. And it's also interesting because the talking about African politics and African colonialism was as it seemed to be as as entwined at that point in sort of the civil rights movement. But it, it we've seemed to have gotten away from that in in more recent history in our conversations. Am I off on that? No, not as much as like I think that there is like. I mean, kind of a big refusal to look at, like, you know, the American imperialism at, at, like, of it all as a whole, I think, for us. And I so I think that there was more of uh, an attempt to um, maintain that connection during when you've got the rise of the Black Liberation Movement, um, yeah. as opposed to I don't think necessarily as a whole we've moved away from it. I think some people were just never even focused on there and, like, drawing the connections to, you know, recognizing ourselves as part of like a global 
mm-hmm. majority or whatever right. you know terms people want to mm-hmm. use, which is by design. You know, you've got that interview that I mentioned last episode with um, Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin in conversation, where Nikki Giovanni was very much. 28 years old. God, everyone watch it. It is so powerful. It's really good. Um, mm. She talks about how she's like, as a black person in this country, she's like, I can only pay, like, I can't worry about that. I can only pay attention to what's here happening mm. in my own backyard. Counter um, posed with like June Jordan talking about how unless we recognize and we have responsibility for what is happening to us here and us there, because we are all people of a diaspora, only 20,000 of us landed here. Mm-hmm. Um, then right. we are lost. And so I right. don't know. I think that maybe we're getting closer to that, but then. Well, and those uh, conversations are happening in other countries, right? That we're not necessarily discussing here, right. but, um, you know, specifically in Kenya, the Obama foundation and Saudi coup foundation are working in extremely hard to sort of re educate culture and re-educate like you know basically bring it back to how did we used to deal with the land it was actually a better system and took care of the land and therefore the land took care of us kind of situations and and stepping back away from things that were taught to be better and then late i'm using quotes there and 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 then we now realize our murdering our planet or our people or whatever it may be and so it's a reteaching of culture and it's all these kind of things but i think you're right sky like in in america it's not something we talk about so much mm-hmm. and it's because well, it we exists. don't have to recognize that like we got we all have blood on our hands yeah right and i i also think i won't say myopic i mean it's 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 in this day and age where where there's access to so much information we have sort of a startlingly limited knowledge of world news basic world news you know and that's you know our own laziness as well but um man i looked this play like yeah this play's crazy we should say it it was first performed in uh late 1970 nearly six years after her death Mm. So hmm. that was when the play was compiled and edited by Nimiroff, her ex-husband. He just stitched together a bunch of her incomplete drafts. And there's said to be like 20 drafts of this thing. Yeah, wow. There's several yeah. versions that have floated around. They tweaked one for the 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 2016 at the National, National they Theater. Did, they did some adjustments to it then yeah. pretty recently. So, yeah. She considered this to be her most ambitious and most important play. And it uh, went up on Broadway with James Earl Jones. It's Tishembe. Right. Which wow. I'm sure was fucking. I love James. 1970 James Earl Jones. That's like. Sexy. F- like, that's sexy. That's sexy James Earl Jones. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flashing back to my partner telling me, there were black people in Star Wars, okay? <laughs> we right? just. Once you saw them, they weren't black anymore. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's only work of many that was finished and staged and she's had a lot of uh, she had like a lot of plays that she was writing this wasn't the only one mm-hmm. so we can't really call it like her final play necessarily mm-hmm. um she had other things in the works and probably would have written <sighs> hundreds of others um countless others but it was nominated for two tony awards you know me and my tonys mm-hmm. um Speaking of uh, racist institutions, um, for uh, but it did win for best costumes, 
and it was nominated for Best Featured Actress. Oh, excuse me. No, it won Best Costumes, and Lily Darvis was nominated for Best Featured Actress in a Play for Madame Nielsen. Mm. Um, And then James Earl Jones gets the Drama Desk for his Mm. performance, which is rad. (laughs) We should also talk about the the inspiration for this was a reaction to (laughs) Jean Genet's uh, Les Negresses. Um, which, uh, which gets into like, uh, just how fucking smart she was. Like she was, she had a very uh, visceral reaction to the general state of sort of post-war existentialism. Anyway, she talks a lot about Camus. Camus comes up again and again. Um, she talks about, you know, Godard and, 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 but then Jean Genet, she'd seen this play, which is an absurdist play. Um, I've, think i remember reading it but she's responding to that and that's where the title comes from so well and her 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 feelings on it was that the because he was french right and his view very much romanticized the exoticism Mm -hmm. of africa and, and and that kind of stuff and she wanted to write like a more realistic account of colonialism yeah and i think not only that just the fact that you know, at, from from what I read, it being um, a conversation with white people, self-condemning and self-absolving, yeah. and you're yeah. missing the the yep. conflict that is man versus man, mm-hmm. and like you need to be in conversation over there. Right. And that's why I love that there is this this kind of standoff. I mean, the entire time between Shimbe and and Charlie, where it's just like, what? <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving it to you. Those right. scenes right. were my fucking favorite. There, in the play. It, it is a Their fantastic dialogue. It is yeah. a, it is hot and like she writes both characters so well yeah. and gives them both ammunition and both support and but then clearly has a, a design as to what what she wants you to feel when it's done and I I just fucking But then but then on the outside of it too Tashembe is is conflicted in his own set of circumstances too you know oh, yeah like, i mean it's so that... it's complicated mm-hmm. and it's interesting that way i will say this this play reminded me of two other plays we've covered in completely different ways it reminded me of incident at vichy where i was like why aren't they doing this play more mm-hmm. right now right now all of those scenes between Tashembe and charlie i was like these are conversations that people should be watching and listening to right yes. now people and, are having those conversations yeah <laughs> and then the other thing it reminded me of and i want to i would love to see it done in rep with this show is carol churchill's pigs and dogs yeah which is or, all or about the evil nine. of colonialism and how colonialism fucked up africa in a million different ways over an extended period of time, like 400 years of just fucking with a continent, like yeah. in, 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 in a dehumanizing of... And taking their shit. There's just a lot to say here. I think it's easy to make light of it, too. Like, I think... I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying, like, I think... I'm, like, looking at my notes and being like, fuck, like, this is all really deep dark shit that we got to get into here yeah. because it's 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 hard to read Catherine, you texted me if you don't, i mean if you don't mind me saying this on no, the I don't mind. you had texted me like mid read you oh, were yeah. like this is this is hard for this is hard to get through and uh, i just wanted to see if you wanted to talk about that a little bit You're yeah you know i honestly um i texted it 
it felt really nice to be able to text you because I was just like, oh, this shows that I that there's some trust built up here because I was like, I don't know. So with everything going on currently, it was very hard to not be able to escape like here on my phone and then I couldn't sit with my thoughts. And so usually I would go to a book and it's like, it's here and it's here and it's <laughs> yeah. here. It's and in the book, uh, it's in the mind, it's in the mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. this is some heavy shit to be reading currently, especially. So I I have a post um on on my Instagram. It's um it's a guide that I posted last year. Um Los Angeles like alternatives to calling police. Um, yeah. and as it did last summer, um, people have been sharing it all on their stories and like, I've gotten like 2000 new likes on it in like the past 48 hours. Cause people hmm. keep sharing it and people keep liking it. And I'm just like, Hmm, this is great. Kind of, this is not the work. This is, I'm watching, uh, or just, I mean, just an onslaught of random white people liking this and resharing it. And I'm like, I know that the majority of people aren't writing down these numbers. Right. I know the majority of people are resharing this and saying like, look, this is me doing the work. And I'm like, the action is non-existent. And I'm sitting here watching for me. What is, I always, I can track it. As I say, Trayvon Martin was the loss of my innocence. Mm -hmm. Amir Rice was the loss of all of my faith and my hope. And here I am seeing the news of Adam come back up. I'm like, this is Tamir all over again, mm -hmm. on top of Samuel Ponce, on top of Dante Wright, on top of, and Elijah's coming back up, and, yeah. and George is still on trial. And I'm like, I don't, I'm seeing this, like a desperate cry for help from community and white people are resharing and doing it in a very, very easy way. My head is spinning a little bit. I'm not sure if any of this is making sense. All of that to say. Uh, no, it's making total I get sense. You. I get yeah. you. Yeah. It was very hard to even, I mean, to do anything. And the last thing that I wanted to do was pick up and read this this play, which was so good. But also, I'm just like, Tishimbe is having this, <laughs> this same kind of conversation and experience. Like, mm -hmm. what what is this kind of conversation mm -hmm. that you're planning on, you're thinking that you're gonna have with me. And like, yo, we're gonna bridge a gap. And it's like, that's not, no, it's that's not, not, it's not it's possible. Yeah, it's, it's voyeuristic the, and it's not possible and that's easy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's it's the the flip that happens to Tishembe. And when I was talking, I think in part one of, uh, of the series last week about the the comparison with Sydney. The, the the Hansberry's fixate, fixated on action and she's very critical and very concerned about inaction. And I was taking that with me, like as I had done my research and was reading the play and like, I would just reread sections that dialogues, that first scene between, between the two of them, between Charlie and Deshambe was just, mm. just knocking yeah. me out because <laughs> he don't want to hear it. <laughs> he doesn't have time for it. And he's also trying to get on with his life. I got to get back. I got a wife and a child. I got to get back to that's it's, it's, she does the, it's this, the macro and the micro she's dealing with a man who's, who's, who's got a new baby who's there to mourn the loss of his father and, and go through that. 
and then she, there's the the macro there's the world collapsing around him as well i would even argue that he you know whenever he's speaking of like don't forget like as i'm sitting here and i'm talking about like my brain is just here with my with my baby and like i'm wanting to go back it's he's really um struggling with knowing that that might not in the cards for him right. he is here knowing like this is you know um the the i i'd be curious to see um to hear how uh, everyone else felt about like this imagery of the of the warrior woman and, and her woman. coming to him and and like what what that kind of kind of means um because for me that feels like it's this this thing that's been following him knowing like you gotta step into this Thing that you don't really want to do but you know well and the idea that there are no other african women that speak in the play it's just, it's the metaphor of this this power this energy this bigger thing that's that that haunts is maybe not the right word but it's haunting it is haunting the, the description of the imagery of her and the profundity of it, it, it Knock me in the balls. She did actually uh, originally plan to have a female protagonist in this show. Mm. Her first draft, it's a female protagonist, mm. and she kept working with that. And then she came across that metaphor and that idea of like, well, what if, what if there's one and she doesn't get the voice, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I don't get, and I feel like the women of Africa, the independence movement of Ghana and Kenya, right? And and the the I think it's a great choice theatrically mm-hmm. but also just metaphorically uh makes perfect sense with the rest of the show and somewhat devastatingly because here we are and here now and um you know the sandra bland and brianna taylor are mm-hmm. the only ones you know it's like we don't it not to take anything away from um the fact that they keep taking our men but Black men aren't the only ones dying. Um, no. We're not, we hear, we often hear about protect black women and listen to black women from the mouths of other people talking about us. Mm-hmm. No one's actually listening to us, centering us. So it's weird how we say Lorraine is, I mean, everything she's written, it's still very, very on point. She was very much ahead of her time. When the woman approaches him, she says or he says she has come for me now and then he screams in anguish i am just one man he well he turns down the leadership it's like he he doesn't want the pressure he can't quite handle he he's like i'm not the leader i'm not the one that go find somebody else and i forget who says it is like but just do it just do it then become a leader become do what you have to do what can I do as one person, but also who am I if I don't do it? I can't carry the the burdens of the of the entire culture on my own back, which I think we ask a lot of people of color in general actually to do for their mm-hmm. culture, right? Mm-hmm. 
We ask them to represent their entire culture. We ask them to be able to answer a question for their entire culture, things like this. Hopefully we're not doing that with you right now, Catherine. I, uh, I apologize if we are. <sighs> no, I've done enough of my diversity training work that I don't Ooh. let my people trap me in those traps anymore. <laughs> As a like, black woman, could I yeah. have your uh, feedback Very much, on... Uh, it's, it's, I'm just like, I'm on my fuck you pay me shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you don't you get that shit for uh-huh. Well, yeah. we're paying you. We're paying you for this with love, friendship, and lunch. So enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when this is all done, we uh, we'll buy you a drink. Oh um, well, there will be many drinks. Many in the drinks. Many drinks. But yeah. And drugs. Something that really struck me about this play in particular, and it also reminds me of Wilson's Radio Golf, that I see as a conflict, is an African American family or individual trying to do better for themselves, running for office, getting married and having a family and living in Europe, whatever it is that makes them happy that isn't seen as traditional or following in their family's footsteps and then having to explain that or fight for it or have to make any excuse for like, why does it make me a lesser person because I want these things mm-hmm. or because I'm not staying at home and taking up my father's mantle type of thing. Yeah, you know what I found interesting? Cause I, I thought about that some while reading and I kept, I kept reading for myself as a black woman with my um, very white husband sitting over there. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Um, I was, <laughs> I was definitely, <laughs> you can't hear me. Um, I, 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 I found myself kind of like scanning and tracking for if I thought that any part of his struggle to me seemed tied up in uh, this like need to justify and explain why he wants these other things. But I really personally don't, I feel like he had a very strong confidence and like security in that, that I felt his struggle was more so in knowing that these things that he's all this travel and the wife and the kids and the what they say he's got like now like the English tongue or the white man's tongue or whatever like none of this was enough to keep him from still having to face what he's Mm. back home and having to deal with he wants if 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 he was able to say like you know what (laughs) like I'm just gonna like bail it's like he wants so badly to leave to not have to deal with any of it so i didn't even feel like you know he doesn't really make any apologies for like yes my wife has red hair and like and she's european and she's got like you can see her veins through her skin and like yeah it's like very matter of fact and yes i've been to your country i've seen your mountains and all of that like Mm -hmm. i didn't feel him making any apologies i think he went out kind of amassing these things that he thought could maybe remove him from or i don't even necessarily think that he possibly considered that all of that would lead him right back to here, you know, and now, I mean, the ending of the play, I didn't even see that ending coming, if I'm being entirely honest. So whenever agreed, I saw agreed. like what he was actually facing down, I'm like, I thought that that was a, a bigger struggle um, in, in my perspective than mm-hmm. um, the justification to his family. It's mm-hmm. he's trying to justify to himself why. <laughs> it's why it's not enough why he has to stay and do this because mm-hmm. you don't want to digression slight digression one of the things that one of the 
influences I read was um, Hansberry had seen a film news newsreel um, when she was a kid of uh, Italian troops invading Ethiopia, Ethiopia and it, yeah. and it, her mother explaining how the Vatican and the church had had advocated and supported that decision. I, she really takes aim at Catholicism in a really interesting way and calls yeah. out that hypocrisy hard. Um, that whole, the, the, that brother character was really, really interesting because I think he's, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's down a righteous path. It's a thing about cults. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot to digest in this play. That's for sure. I've never even heard of a production of this recently. The 2016 national production i remember seeing like st stuff on the internet for but man uh, anybody Kila ever... actually um texted me that he got to see that production and i don't know if he meant he oh. went and saw it or he um saw it when they because they they often post their stream of their shows uh -huh. for like a weekend i don't know if that's what he watched or if he actually got to see it but when he found out we were doing hansbury he said i got to see the 2016 leblanc it was incredible wow 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 wow, wow. so cool yeah. very Kila cool. sees everything Kila sees everything i'm gonna have to do a second <laughs> artist spotlight with him because we didn't even get through all of the things that he's done Are we, we were like together is oh, that that'd be thing? fun. You know, yeah. we, we co-produced together. That's right. And you all were in Frankenstein together. Yeah, we carpooled yeah. together. He lives like <laughs> 10 minutes away from me. That's awesome. <laughs> I love him. Nice. That's yeah. when all the best inside jokes get made, during COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone go listen to our uh, Keila Paquette uh, actor spotlight. I just said Oscar spotlight. Uh, artist Why spotlight? not? He needs an Oscar. Get him an Oscar. Uh, may I just say one one little note that made me laugh was uh, Charlie was given the stage direction of white heat. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think it was anger, Jeez. but I was like, no, I liked that. I was like, quite. Yeah, yeah. I had that same way. <laughs> can, I, can I read my favorite stage direction that I found? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was yeah. worried I wasn't going to be able to. It's, um, I believe this is when the brothers are first, yeah, this is act one, scene two, when the brothers are, are all reunited and mm. is giving his little, um, kind of like speak, uh, speech about, um, you know, uh, whatever the, the, the line here, uh, he's, he's talking about how, uh, well, I was as Camus would have put it, uh, would have it. And it says, ironically, with a small introspective laugh he does not in any sense feel the freedom he boasts about mm. a free man mm. in that moment because i choose freely i was like oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. same bro she's wow. she she wrote like a director mm -hmm. yeah and i appreciate it. it's like let me know that i call me out for lying to myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's what i'm doing here um can i read one of my favorite lines yeah, fine. Uh, it's Tshembe, and uh, the parenthetical is jumping up a fire. Sacrifice. There, you see, it is impossible. You come thousands of miles to inform us about yesterday's catchwords. Well, it is still yesterday in Africa, Mr. Morris, and it will take a million tomorrows to rectify what, is hap what has been done here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, can I read mine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Mr. Morris, your concern for nonviolence is a little late, don't you think? <laughs> Where were you when we protested without violence and against violence? We did not hear from you then. Whoop. Boom. Yeah. Hmm. She, she wrote that yesterday? Uh, actually, 51 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it was compiled. So probably more like 61 years ago. Yeah. 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 I, you know, um, I was really interested in sort of tracking the major Rice. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Character. What a character. Because she uses him in a lot of different ways, right? He actually gives us a lot of exposition of the things that are happening mm-hmm. uh, off stage and stuff, which brings me to another point. This is kind of a Greek drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that you, uh, almost all of the really horrific things happen off stage and we hear about them. Right. And that's sort of how Greek drama happens as well is Medea's children are killed. And then we hear about it off stage. Uh, Oedipus's eyes get plucked out. We hear He's about a messenger. it off stage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, and in general, just the tone of it is very Greek drama, Greek tragedy, you know, um, which I love. But the major Rice character obviously um, gives us a lot of exposition and things. But then he also has that scene where he's basically just like looking over the, the land and being like, oh, it's ours. All of this is ours. We deserve this so much. And it made me think of when we talked about um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Where the first song in the musical Oklahoma is a man coming out and saying, oh, what a beautiful morning. I'm white and this land is my birthright. Mm-hmm. Well, birth white. My in-laws live in Oklahoma. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very attacked. <laughs> I love Laganja. <laughs> uh, Laganja, Stranja Forever, who, by the way, is... I don't know Laganja, but... Friends of the pod, Mike and Mary Jane, who have the podcast Weed and Grub, uh, who are they're phenomenal people and support a lot of uh, uh, our theater and things like that. And uh, they uh, have Laganja on all the time now and have gotten really close with them. And it's like I'm like one degree of separation away from Laganja. I've worked so. an event with them before. They were really lovely, but like they well, have the money. With our powers combined, we will get Laganja and David Lamoureux and we'll, we'll do it. There it is. Perfect. Yeah, that's done it. And done. <laughs> I also Ram. went to college with Rosé, so I'll call Rosé from this season. Yeah, We need to talk Drag Race later. Okay. We'll get into it. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I found out I'm one connection away from Shangela. <gasps> I love Shangela. Come on, Scott. You got something. You got something for me. Scott Shandler. indirectly yeah. knows Charles Manson. I do. <laughs> indirectly, there's yeah. one. De- I have a one degree thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you later. Wow. Um, <laughs> I have a one degree to um, BTK. My the true BTK. crime boner is just mm, so hard to have. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, <laughs> What were we at? We were saying something. Where we were oh, talking I was about, gonna say the, the thing about amazing Rice. playwright Lorraine Hansberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the character of Rice. There's this interesting thing about these colon- white colonialists who lived in Africa, that like grew up in Africa and didn't know any other world, and and but still have this white supremacy, and it it baffles me. It just baffles me. I guess it's just instilled. It? Like it's just a fucked up thing. 
Man, so, I, I didn't you I ever mean, see The Color of Friendship on, on Disney Channel original movies? No. South Africa, man. Okay, well, there's a Disney Channel original movie about South Africa. I might have a quote from the play that pertains to this. Uh, I said racism. I said racism is a device that, of itself, explains nothing. It is simply a means, an invention to justify the rule of some men over others. Mm. Uh, You're different. I'm better. Yeah. And also, um. I own everything. Yes. Yes. As far as the eye can see. Yes. Um, it's mine. Oh, mine. Yeah. It's uh, when I say I'm just like, is it hard to understand? I'm just like, I don't see really a major difference between, you know, if if I if I think of, I know a lot of um, white South Africans and um, that are currently here that you know kind of pretend to understand what's going on here but like just don't like have any like room or space for it and also you know um that have like grown up during apartheid some of them older and it's in this kind of reverse of not even reverse all of it horrific all of it fucking horrific but not being able to trace back and see like at the very very beginning root of this you didn't belong here mm-hmm. yeah that's like and so it's like i see i see a stark parallel between that and like a, a lack of refusal to acknowledge that yeah with like all of the white people that i know here in this country of like but like privilege like i don't have any privilege but i grew up like poor and it's just like it's all the way like back it's like this is they are very very similar things almost like directly connected in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and and all of it um it's coming from the same source like you said that racism is oh can you read the quote again cj i would love to um i said racism is a device that of itself explains nothing it is simply a means an invention to justify the rule of some men over others that's it <laughs> that's the point yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is. It's that simple, and it's it's pretty insane to still know so many people and see so many people and uh, who uh, don't understand that basic fucking concept or you know privilege and like those kind of things. Anyway, if you listen to this podcast and you don't know what we're talking about, then fucking educate yourself, and we don't Google um, it. Um, <laughs> Google um, it. But I, I am I, I a racist? Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. The answer yes. is yes, and white supremacy. Google responds, perhaps. Um, Probably. <laughs> Probably. Really as bad as they say. Ooh. Was racism really as bad? <laughs> That's over, right? It's over. <laughs> you know, Obama. Obama. We did Obama. that. We had it, it's, so all, it's, it's all over. It's, it's, uh, we're past you. Well, all that to say, you know, we're not making light of anything, no, no, but we are just we're... trying to have fun because that's all you can do right now. But Hansberry um, was a self-proclaimed fighter for her race and not for herself. You know, mm-hmm. the, I think the whole thing is always for the bigger collective. She felt like she was a part of that collective and everything she felt like she was doing was for that collective and not for her gain or her financial gain or her fame or anything of that nature because i mean let's she got fame she's famous by the time she's 25 26 Mm -hmm. and she didn't that wasn't the point but she got a podium because of it and she (laughs) fucking used it and 
obviously passed too soon, but her pursuits were always for the race or for integration, but never for herself. And I think there's kind of a beauty to that. And it's why she needs to be in the conversations with Tennessee Williams, with Arthur Miller, with the people who we tend to hold up on these pedestals. Um, Eugene O'Neill, August Wilson, August Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's on par, if not uh, above a lot of these, these men. Um, So I'm glad we covered her. Is there anything else we want to talk about LeBlanc? Because I have some things I want to get into. Not here. Um, nope. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to reading it again. I'm gonna read it again next week and just sit down. Yeah. and Go through it. it. It just. It's extraordinary, and I would love to see to see a production of it. I would love to see somebody in L.A. do a production of it. Mm-hmm. I'll produce. Let's find a, find good artists. Yeah. To it's. I mean, it's one of the the best things I've I've read just that um it was really great to be revisiting lorraine and to like we said kind of note this um evolution and so much so much of just her personal story outside of like the Mm -hmm. like being a part of like the black elite like growing up like not quite but so much of her personal story and also i feel like the transformation of her voice as an artist over the years is so deeply resonant um and um it, this felt so great to 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 read and empowering in a way because um i mean bailey we've only known each other a, a handful of years i can't even track how many but people yeah. who've known me um much longer i'd say i've been down like this path of like decolonization and um activism for like the past eight years and there's kind of been you know, these, these hills and valleys, and I'm very much at a place right now where I'm like, I have no interest really in, like, talking to white people about race outside of, like, you know, me getting paid to do it because I've been doing it for so long, and that right. much of my survival is about trying to escape um, my artistry being tethered or, like, bound within the white gaze that is explaining blackness to white people mm-hmm. for them. Like, I have just zero interest in that. And I've seen broken relationships along the way. I've seen directors unfollow me. I've seen, like, I've just seen, like, yeah. now we're at this place where it's just like, oh, no, it's um trendy and safe to say Black Lives Matter. And where we all, like, a few years ago when you thought that I was the motherfucking asshole, but to, like, read this and to see like how she's evolved and like just stepped more into her voice and her truth and 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 being so wholly unapologetic um and not making any efforts to really pacify white feelings i i had to mm-hmm. read lots of tishimbe stuff out loud because yeah. i felt so deeply connected to what he was saying and so um it's just one of the best things that i've read mm-hmm. i think Everyone should read it, and if there's ever a production around you, you should see it. Um, and it's a good way to begin the process of decolonizing yourself mm. uh, as a white person and in general. But like, I think uh, there's a million things you can be doing right now, and we've set up a lot of those things. We've put a lot of things in our link trees and our 
in the bio for this episode. You can check out our Instagram. We've put a lot of things there. Uh, my specific Instagram, Catherine's Instagram, CJ and Scott's Instagrams. Go to all of them. There are I know there's resources on all of them. I have a link tree on my fucking bio. Uh, Catherine has... Uh, tons we've put her uh instagram and uh uh and socials uh in the bio as well um she has a ton of amazing resources there that you can check out and just things like and also on on my website which is linked to my bio i have a ton of free resources Incredible. for various organizing efforts and mutual aid stuff it's it's yeah, there awesome. and it's I don't think people uh, access that enough. So please go Absolutely. take advantage of that. Awesome. Now and we do have to do something. Go ahead, Siege. Oh, I was just going to say, I also took a little bit of time and I also read uh, What You Serve Flowers and The Drinking Gourd. Yeah. And I would just say, uh, if you haven't read them and you liked these works, go back and read those. They're they're both short. Uh, but like it's, you see her range in these three plays. You see her range even more if you add those into the mix. And, you know, uh, I think the only way to read them is to get them in the collected final plays that has LeBlanc in it. Mm -hmm. So everyone so just it. order that shit. <laughs> and you'll have it. Got it on iBooks. We have to do something yeah. that's a little bit sad. Um, mm. We do have to rank these things. Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I was like, oh shit. Uh, oh no. Um, Wait, no this you is, mean you mean this is killing the darlings. Bailey loves ranking shit. Bailey, you like yeah. you like ranking shit? I like ranking shit. <laughs> um I really love it. I, it helps us chart the evolution of the playwright in our minds and also just like I, I enjoy like top five lists and stuff. So we're going to rank these uh, three, two, one, what your favorite was. Um, start with number three and go to number one. Uh, Siege, you want to start us off? I would love to. For three, I had the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window. Uh, two, a raisin in the sun. And one was Le Blanc. Yeah, it's a good list. Yeah. What about you, Scott? <laughs> um, I, I'm the same. I think I'm the same. I, I thought I, I hemmed and hawed about it because I'm a big uh, advocate for endurance um, when it comes to like ranking and putting a number one and Raisin in the Sun has endured for a long time. So, but I loved LeBlanc. It, mm -hmm. it knocked me on my butt a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Catherine, you want final say or you want you want to go first before? Oh, I'm going to give you final say, Bailey, okay. because... Okay. I um, agree with CJ and Scott 100%. Um, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the exact same order. And it's interesting because I read, I've read Raisin since I was much younger. I'm still a very young thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I, I was just like, oh, is it going to hold up? It's like, it's the most well-known one. Like, will it be? And I was surprised. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still brilliant only edged out by leblanc for me mm -hmm. and sydney was also very good but yeah three two yeah. one thing uh well y'all uh oh i i'm the only one who has seen sign in sydney brewstein's window it's true mm -hmm. it's true however mm -hmm. and i loved it when i saw it. i had some problems but i loved it however we have all four and i think this is the <gasps> first time this has ever happened <laughs> have the same rankings it's a podcast miracle it does not happen very often yeah it's never happened well and, and raisin 
you're, you guys all said it. Raisin, it, I honestly thought I kind of wrote it off and then reread it and was like crying. And oh, going, shit. Fuck. When, I, when, when the tears started welling up, I'm like, yeah. motherfucker, what? Like, I know this show. Like, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen yeah. multiple productions. I've read this before. I've seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. But it's on that page and you're she gets to, oh, uh, she's so good um but leblanc is is i think proof that she was she had it's near masterpiece and i think she that means that she had masterpieces after masterpieces to come um and it's it just kind of adds to the the horrifying sadness that that she passed when she did after 34 years of life mm-hmm. and well and i feel like you don't die from something like pancreatic cancer if you i mean didn't i they said something about the cause killed her like you don't live you don't work as hard as she did for the cause that she worked for and not take up physical beating at the same time too you know yeah i'm sure she did and leblanc really shows what she was dealing with and what was going you know what was happening it's it's a it's a pretty phenomenal play i would love to see it mm. yeah yeah um everyone should read it decolonize yourself all those fun things <laughs> hey uh catherine do you have any dream roles i so in raisin you know growing up i kind of resented that I the only part that I could audition for was Benita, <laughs> and now I want nothing more than to play that part. Oh, <laughs> yeah. With her so deeply, and I yeah. something I meant to mention earlier: the through line of God or lack of belief in God. Um, I really appreciated. Right. Um, yeah. Really yeah, I, that struck me this time that she was sort of boldly declaring atheism, you know, at a, at mm-hmm. a, at a time again, a time and place where that would not have been easily received. It's still not easily received. And it's still not like, easily received. I'm I'm a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. I am a oh, preacher's wow. kid who is very very deeply struggling not really struggling so much as like, I'm like, I don't know, tell me how I quantify this shit. Tell me how I make sense of the fact. First of all, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, if, like basically if you own a slave and you beat your slave and it doesn't die, it's okay because it's your property. Mm-hmm. But if it does die, that's bad because that's murder. And I'm just like, so tell me again how this, no one has been able to make that shit make sense to me. And I'm just like the fact that like Christianity is an extension of white supremacy and has been used I weaponized to oppress my people. I'm like, it is so hard for me. I'm like, on top of just the constant current suffering, I'm like, so you're telling me that like the God that exists, like my people are just meant to suffer. Right. And But it's also the cornerstone of like the black community. It's So, so I really hmm. appreciated that shit from Benita this time around. I was like, wow, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's everywhere. It's—it's it's kind of—it's kind of in all of them. So, Benita, definitely. Though I—I'd I'd like to play. I'd like to play any of them. And honestly, Tishembe. 
Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'd mm-hmm. really like to play Jim Bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would be bad. For, <laughs> for you listeners out there, I have a habit of playing um, all of the male roles. I play Ju- Judas and Godspell. Um, oh. I'm just like eighty oh. percent of my my audition book is just male songs. Anyway, I'm just like I don't. Dope. You know, that's why there's the big question mark going on. Like, what? In, what is gender? We don't yeah. know. Nobody knows. It's not real. Okay. Well, I was personally interested in Charlie, to be quite honest. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. You could do that. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. I'm in. Uh, uh, I'm fucking down. Let's do it. Gender swap. Release a scene. We could do a scene. Yeah. Let's do a scene. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm in. Well, I guess we didn't talk about this <laughs> digression, but when she was workshopping um, LeBlanc, they did. Um, oh, I can't remember what scene it was. It was act two scene three maybe yes that's correct it was that act two scene three that yeah that that things opened up for her and they did it at the actors workshop and it was actors uh actors studio or actors studio here i have the notes somewhere because i was interested in that too is that the scene where they first interact charlie and tishimbe no they interact in like the first act i think that's like it's like their second big scene yeah 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 yeah, yeah. with the swatches somebody remind me don't make me flip through no i think it (laughs) it ends it's it's we see the woman again act one scene three not act two sorry act one one. scene three um she took it to the actor studios writer workshop and um she was so encouraged by the response that she kept working on it and decided to make a play out of it or full or keep the drafts going. But so technically she got to see a little performance of LeBlanc in her lifetime, which is kind of, Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. I mean, kind That's of fucking awesome. Yeah. But um, very cool. Very, very cool. Act, um, act one scene. Wait, act one, act scene, one scene three. three. That yeah. is the scene where he comes and they have the drink that first time. Right. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 That one's right. Pe- apparently people loved it. Uh, as they would, as they should. Um, do we have any LA spotlights? Insert, Insert stinger here. Do we have any anything else we can talk about this week? You, me, and Adam Levine went off without a hitch. I assume it was fucking great. Sure was. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else? Thanks for the artwork, Bailey. No, more, there is news coming down the pike, and we'll relay it. But uh, cool. fingers crossed, and uh, sending out the mojo that uh, a live LA fringe will happen. Hollywood Please. fringe in August. Jesus. That's right. Like where we I'm can go sad. into a theater and sit down with other human beings. I'm ready. And watch fucking theater. That would be rad. I um, you know, it's not a theater thing, but can I plug my march? Yes, I was yeah. about to say yes. Yeah. Please plug anything you got. So, hey, everybody. Um, more specifically, people who are actually in Los Angeles, but everybody. Um, I've been working with a group of LA and OC um, activists and organizers. And on May 2nd at 12 p.m. in Pan Pacific Park, we will be hosting an event called Black Woman, uh, Black Women period. Uh, it is a rally in March. And I'm just going to read to y'all our little mission statement right here. Because mm, awesome. please, please. Throughout history, Black women and those who experience anti-Black misogyny have been foundational to the fight for Black liberation. We are often the first to reach out and uplift our communities, yet the last to be recognized, remembered, or protected. Black women, period, is here to continue our legacy of creating 
uh, spaces of harmony and healing, amplifying and celebrating the voices of women and genderqueer folks. Through organized community efforts, we will provide socio-political education, tangible resources, and targeted calls to action that leave folks feeling inspired and empowered to enact change. This day and space is dedicated to making hashtag protect black women a lived reality, and we intend to give them their roses, period. Oh, right beautiful. On. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone, we'll, we'll put the <laughs> link in the show notes. Please, please check that out. Follow Catherine on all the things uh, she deserves the follow. We actually have, I realized this, um, on our Instagram, one of our highlighted stories that we put up a long time ago is us just out of nowhere. I don't know what the context was. It's just a picture of you, and it just says, go follow this person. What? <laughs> I don't know what, 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 what is your Instagram handle? It's at daughter of Asata, like Asada Shakur, mm -hmm. um, daughter of Asada. Yeah, find me there. Go follow. Um, Go follow but me. Everyone else, thank you so much for joining us for the finale, part two of A Podcast in the Sun, covering the works of the incredible Lorraine Hansberry. Um, next week, we have another bonus. Yes, Scott followed her. Well done. Good job. Next <laughs> week, we have another bonus episode of Theater, Theater, and Stuff. Now, this is a Bailey pick. Okay. Um, I picked something kind of exciting. It's theme park theater. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of fun, right? I'm specifically going to be talking a lot about T2 3D. Uh, we'll get into it. Um, but besides that, um, after that, we are covering... <laughs> we are covering... Uh, this is hard to introduce without some kind of fanfare. I feel like we should put in like a Get your absurdism hats back on, everybody, because we are covering Eugene Ionesco with our podcast miniseries, The Rhinocercast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Thanks. Um, anyway, that's all from me. Do y'all have some questions for us or some comments, maybe some suggestions? We want to hear all about it. So mm -hmm. why don't y'all email us? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter. Scott. Um, a big shout out to Pamela Quinn for our Lorraine Hansberry special episode song, which you're about to hear at the end of this episode. Yes. Pam, we love you. You are awesome. Also, yeah. big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson, who wrote our theme song and our theme song is better than your theme song. It's true. Boom. Uh, and finally, to the great Annie Baker, thank you for writing our podcast. She doesn't even know she writes our podcast, but she does, and we're going to buy her a beer one day. That's all I got. Yeah, Catherine, <laughs> just so you know, uh, we always thank Annie Baker for writing our, our podcast script because she's very good at writing ums and uhs, and we use them <laughs> thoroughly. Um, and she's, um, 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 no, she's the best. Uh, we appreciate y'all so much. Catherine, thank you so fucking It was much. a pleasure to meet you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. It was real fucking awesome having you here. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. You guys, I just followed you all, but I'm going to unfriend you as soon as this is over. No, <laughs> fair, fair is fair. Fair is fair. It tracks. Well. <laughs> CJ only posts pictures of her cats. It's fine. <sighs> I'm in. Never I'm half kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are selfies too. Of yeah, sexy selfies, yo. I'm too that's, old for Instagram. Instagram for. Your butt mouth? What? Your butt mouth? My butt mouth. We explain. We should explain real quick. So, <laughs> mouths and butts. 
are the same thing. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Um, please go rate, subscribe, review, uh, or do all three. We love you all so much, and we'll see you next week with our theater, theater, and stuff bonus episode. Goodbye. everybody. Let's find a rock. I mean a big-ass rock. Maybe something like a cinder block is better. I'll hoist it up and drop it on your face, my buddy. And just before the lights go out, you'll see my smile, and you'll know you've got a friend. With a rock, who cares? I mean a big ass rock. Here's the thing about window shopping. You gotta window shop your dreams. Cause your means they ain't so good. Can't do what you thought you could. So window shop your dreams. Here's the thing. About expectations, you gotta try to reach them all. Cause the fall it's gonna hurt when you land straight in that dirt. So try to reach them all. Risks are for winners, so who do you think? shop your dreams cause your means they ain't so good can't do what you thought you could so window shop your